Welcome to episode 42 of the Walk and Talk podcast. I'm Greg Johnson, and today is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. The topic for this episode will be answering the question, what computer display should I purchase? And in this episode and going forward as much as possible, I'm going to try to provide in the first few minutes of the podcast a condensed summary so people can listen to these podcasts and go through them rather quickly, kind of a uh, sort of audiobook short version. Um, and so the short version of this episode is as follows. There's a lot of benefit to getting a 42-inch, or roughly that size, TV, either an LG or a Sony or Samsung, whatever your preference is, and using that as your computer display. And I'm going to go into more depth as to why that's a good choice, but for those of you uh, with limited time, there you have it, the best computer display is not a computer display, it's a TV. Okay, so as I roll out the rest of this episode, let me start with the key points. For those of you who are hanging on a little bit longer, the key points are that in the 4K resolution, you don't want to have a display much larger than 42 inches because those dots start to spread out and it looks a little bit uh, pixelated. So you do want the higher resolution. You could go with a smaller display and that certainly would look fabulous if it's a 4K resolution, but then it becomes more difficult to work on. And traditional displays that are in the sort of 22 inch to 27 inch range are typically now considered to be something you'd use in a dual display setup. So it's common to have two, you know, let's say two 30 inch computer displays. Well, that's diagonally measured, I guess would be about 60 inches of real estate, although I guess it doesn't quite add up that way. You'd have to have four of those to result in the equivalent of a 60 inch display. But anyway, people are using more and more screen space and real estate to get their work done because often a person is writing something in one window and then in another window they're referencing something else on the web or an email or something like that. So we do find efficiency in larger displays. Obviously a 42 inch display isn't possible when you're traveling with a laptop and sitting in a cramped space or something like that, but at home as your desktop workstation the 42 inch display size is quite nice. If you sit down or stand up, you can still clearly see that display. So if you're somebody who wants to uh, mix up your working ergonomics and have a little bit of standing workstation experience mixed in with sitting, the large display works well because you can position it so that whether you're sitting or standing, it's still within your line of sight. For those who are working with laptop computers, the laptop computer is very convenient for portability, but it's a compromise with ergonomics. If you imagine a piano player will adjust the piano bench so that their wrists are not bent down or bent 
up, but that their wrists are flat. Um, if the wrists are bent, then there's an increased chance of some repetitive stress injuries like carpal tunnel syndrome or something like that. So the same is true when you're adjusting your keyboard height for your computer. And with your display, you want that directly in front of your viewing area. You don't want to be looking down at a laptop computer or looking up at a big display on the wall. You want it right in front of you. Well, with a laptop, that's not really possible, at least in the self-contained technology itself. You're either going to put the laptop down on your lap, as the name suggests, or you're going to sit the laptop up on several books or a stand or something to bring it up at eye height, eyesight level. But, uh, you know, at that point, it's not easy to type on. So many people have taken the step to getting an external keyboard and an external mouse for their laptop which allows them to have those at a reasonable height and then set the laptop up on a stand or a shelf or books or something like that to get it at eye level. Well, you're still left with that small laptop display if you go that route. And so what many people will do is connect an external display to their laptop computer. And this gives them more of a desktop experience, a desktop computing experience um, with the laptop. If you're traveling a lot, well, then you can uh, take the laptop with you and use it as a traditional laptop. But then when you're home, you can use it essentially as the basis for a desktop workstation area. Let's get back a little bit to talking about the displays then. So very nice computer displays that would come with a desktop computer or as an accessory for a laptop. Those are available at stores like Staples or Best Buy or online. You can find lots of displays under that description computer display. Um, they tend to be a little bit pricey, particularly when you get the higher resolution models. 4K and 5K are now considered to be higher end. If you don't have sufficient desk area for a large 42-inch display, you can certainly get uh, something like, you know, a 22-inch display, 19-inch even, but that's starting to get a bit small. A lot of it has to do with your anticipated workflow, the kinds of tasks that you're doing on the computer. If you're just focused in email, or on a particular web page that you're looking at and you're not doing much multitasking or wanting to look at multiple windows at a time, well then you may not really benefit from a large display. But if you've ever had the opportunity to work at an office computer or home computer that has two displays connected, you know the benefit of being able to be typing a message in one screen and on the other screen have something you're referencing related to what you're writing. And having a larger 42-inch display gives you that opportunity to have multiple windows open at the same time while you're working, maybe keeping an eye on the weather or watching a video and typing some emails or something, you really get a more rich experience on your workspace visual area.
The reason I find that 42 inches works really well on a desktop setting is because it's big enough to take up the area that you might use for maybe two or three displays all in one unit, so that's an advantage. And it's not so big that you're gonna be craning your neck to look uh, up or to the right or left. It's not like creating an IMAX uh, theater experience on your desktop, it's not doing that. Um, for that, you'd probably need like a 70 inch display uh, three feet in front of you, you know. Um, but what the 42 inch display does is it really creates a reasonable uh, desktop display um, work area. And then within that, you can have these separate windows open. If you go with the larger display, the um, 50, 60, 70 inch displays, and it's 4K, you're going to start to see some of the pixelization that I mentioned. And so the spreading out of those dots becomes an issue. One thing to keep in mind when you're looking for a display is what your options are as far as outputs on your current computer, whether it's a desktop or laptop computer. A lot of the inexpensive computer displays may have only one HDMI input and they might not have an input for VGA or DVI, these other standards. And if your computer is older, it's likely that it does not have an HDMI output. So that's a consideration. Now there are some adapters you can get to go from USB to uh, HDMI, but some reports are that those don't work well. Newer computers and newer laptop and desktop computers will have HDMI typically. Older computers may have VGA or they might have this DVI. And another standard is DisplayPort. There is a, a slot or a plug-in that looks kind of like HDMI, but you'll see on one end of this long rectangle, it's uh, kind of squared off. And then on the other side, it's tapered. So that's DisplayPort. And typically that would be on a desktop computer. If you have DisplayPort, the adapters available for that are generally more satisfactory. So you can go from DisplayPort to HDMI or DisplayPort to um, VGA or DVI. But if you're buying a display for an older computer, you may have to spend a little more money to go ahead and just get one that has the matching video input for whatever your computer has as an output. Quite often, older laptops would have a VGA connection the newer ones may not have that. They might just have HDMI. I would think that a person could find a smallish display, like 19 to 22 inches display for 150 to $200, perhaps a nicer name brand one in that price range. And if you can utilize HDMI, then that would be a, a good fit for some people that have kind of a cramped workspace. But otherwise, if you can fit a larger display in, that is a, a very good 
option. And additionally, as I mentioned, the TVs would have more options for your inputs and the low-end, low-cost computer displays might just have one or two inputs. You'll want to check on that. With the TVs, usually it's HDMI since that's what most home entertainment devices have as their video output, but some of the TVs will have a computer input, usually VGA. Something you'll need to adjust to or adapt to is the idea of using one of these larger displays and initially you'll need to set it up. That may even require that you create a Samsung user account so that your TV is logged into your Samsung account and what that does is allows you to have any kind of programming that you might want. You can stream videos that way but also it will update the TV with any firmware updates sort of like software updates for the TV to ensure that it continues to operate well. They might provide fixes, improvements, stability updates, or even functionality enhancements. But once the TV is set up to work with your computer, you'll probably have the computer on, let's say, HDMI 1 or the PC input, and um, then you'll leave it at that. And it should automatically detect so that when you turn on that TV, it will automatically go to HDMI 1 and display whatever signal or picture your computer is sending it. So uh, with that in mind, there are some little quirks to know about. For example, the Samsung TV that I've been using, it's pretty smart. It kind of learns what the viewing choices are and what the viewing habits are. So initially it comes up with this display and shows a lot of different options like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Samsung TV, etc. And then I have to select the computer. That's what would happen, say, the first one or two times. But eventually it sort of learns, okay, this person is not watching Netflix or doing these other things. They're using this as a display for a computer. And then the next time I go to turn it on, it just immediately shows the computer. But if I press one of the control buttons incorrectly, then it goes back to saying, oh, okay, what do you want to do now? And it might bring up that home screen that has these other smart TV viewing options. And then I just have to navigate and get it trained back again to the idea that we're just going to look at the image from the computer. Um, but that's, that's a little more complicated than just plugging in a computer display, right? The other issue that may arise, well, it's not really an issue, but it's the control of the TV's brightness. So at night, if the lights are off and, and you're working or reading emails, you don't want that TV on the brightest level possible. But if it's daytime, the sun's streaming in from the window, you're finding it hard to see the display, then you're going to turn up the brightness. So you want to be familiar with how to get into those controls. And that's usually something you'd press setting and the settings button on the remote and then go into display settings. And there, there can sometimes, depending on your display and setup, you might have different 
display pre-configured options for watching a movie or, uh, you know, there'll be one for gaming um, and just kind of normal display settings. So there, there are those options in there. If you're working with a computer display, the on-off button, the brightness, these things are usually found typically on the, the right-hand side or below on the right, uh, maybe in the back. There could be a little joystick or something back there that controls these, but um, you're going to have to reach forward and, and control that. But with a TV, you get the benefit of having a remote. And that can be nice if you don't want to try to lean forward and find buttons behind your display. Just pick up the remote and make those adjustments. And I think for myself and others, this idea of you know setting up the TV initially might even just go unmentioned. It might just be assumed that, oh, of course, everybody knows that's necessary and, and it's not really a problem. You just go through these 57 steps to get it going. And for techie people, that's not really a hurdle. But for some folks who would, you know, get home and realize that they have to configure the TV and maybe set up an account, that could be kind of baffling. Um, but know that it's, it's not impossible. And I, I shouldn't discourage you by suggesting there are 57 steps, but there are quite a few steps and you may need to use your uh, email account when setting up an account. I, I would advise go ahead and register the product, set up an account with Sony or LG or whoever wants you to set up an account with your TV. Um, it'll be helpful later and just go ahead and do that. One thing to keep in mind is that once you get everything set up, it might not work well. It, the visual might not be acceptable, the brightness, the clarity, even when you adjust it, you might find it's just a little fuzzy. There are some computers that even though they have an HDMI output, the resolution might not be adequate. You might be having an HDMI output that's 1920 by 1080, but the, com the computer is connected to a 4K display. So in that situation, um, the image isn't going to look great. And you may want to get a display that's matched to your device's output. So if your output is the 1920 by 1080, it probably would look okay on a 4K display, but that's maybe more than you need. So you could just get a standard HD display. I would suggest going a little smaller, maybe a 32-inch in that instead of the 42-inch because by the time you get to 42 inches, you're starting to spread those dots out a little bit. But that's one consideration. And the other consideration is, on some computers, when you hook them up to some displays, on computer displays, there might be a button that says auto-adjust. And sometimes that'll fix problems, but sometimes you'll hook up a computer to a TV or display and it just doesn't look right. The image is either scrunched and doesn't fit properly in the display or the image is sort of extends beyond what the display is showing you so you don't see like on a windows computer you wouldn't see the start menu button um, so that's a problem sometimes adjustments can be made to 
correct that and sometimes they stick and then you're set but other times you'll have to make an adjustment so it fits and then the next time you turn on the computer it's not adjusted properly so you have to adjust it every time um, this can happen with any display so it's not just with TVs but it's important to know that that can happen there can be some displays that just don't seem to be compatible with your computer and for that reason you'll want to keep your receipt and keep the box and be ready to make a return related to setting up a display and getting it configured properly is something inside of windows which will be the settings that are the display preferences and you can set different resolutions you might find that at the standard resolution even on a large display maybe the fonts are too small so you can adjust that to your liking on apple computers there's a setting that lets you slightly zoom in and that's really handy so if you're working with a web page or some spreadsheet or something with small fonts you can certainly use the zoom feature in the application but um, sometimes it's nice just to zoom in on something that is a setting that you can turn on in accessibility and then basically you would hold down the command key which is the equivalent to the windows key on a windows computer and when you hold down that key you can use your mouse scrolling or if it's a touchpad uh, the two fingers zooming in and out and basically you can zoom into a certain window this is really handy on a 42 inch display because you can really focus in on a particular item and then zoom back out again to see everything that's going on on the desktop for positioning of the 42 inch display one option would certainly be to have your chair and your keyboard centered uh, in front of that display and then have your point of view your eyesight level would be maybe in the middle of that 42 inch display so you make slight turns of your head to look up down left right what i chose to do was put the 42 inch display up about four inches plus it has its own feet um, to hold it up so it's probably six inches above the desk surface the reason i like that is that the windows i'm working on can fill the display or be at the lower edge of the display and then if i stand up i can still work using that display it'll be comfortably in front of me and i can create a makeshift diy home standing workstation i use a wireless keyboard and i can set that wireless keyboard up on a stand that is about six or seven inches high and then when i'm standing i can type and look at the display very comfortably computer displays and tvs have automatic sleep modes and power saving modes and that kind of thing i tend to manually turn off the tv when i'm not using it there are different schools of thought about whether or not to leave electronics on or off for extended periods of time but i 
feel that because the display does use quite a bit of power, it's probably better to turn it off, particularly overnight or if I'm going to be away for a while. The other reason for going with a 42-inch display, in addition to the sharper resolution, was that when I tried handling these 50, 60, and 70-inch TVs, I found the larger ones, when they're in their box, just would not even fit in the back of a relatively large car. And so it really became impractical to even haul those around. And the weight is significant. When you jump up to that larger size, there's more structural material in there, and you'd probably want two people to handle it. You can't get your arm around the box, for example. Um, but the 42-inch display, much lighter, much easier to put into a vehicle, and much easier to carry and unbox and handle. So that was another reason I found it to be preferable. An option, of course, with a TV is to use a TV mount on the wall. And if you do that, the uh, benefit would be that you can adjust it, angle it up, angle it down, left and right. Some wall mounts for TVs are fixed. So the TV essentially sits on some rails and it does not move. Other mounts will let you tilt up and down a little bit, but that's about all. But the mount that I think is ideal is one that lets you pull the display toward you, pull it away from the wall, turn it to the left, turn it to the right, up and down. And this gives you better access to the controls in the back. And it also just makes it more usable. So that is a, a plus. There are certainly, um, you know, computer displays that are in that 19 inch to 22 or 23 inch range that can be mounted on the wall, but then you're talking about a very small display that's very far away from you, and so the, the distance with a small display like that makes it impractical to use because the fonts would be too hard to read. If you're shopping for a computer and you're not sure whether or not to get a laptop computer or desktop computer, and you're thinking that you prefer a laptop because it's smaller, um, given, you know, limited desk space, for example, that you don't want to have one of those big CPUs on the floor, you should know that there is a middle ground. There are these very small desktop computers that might be, oh, say, five inches by five inches by an inch and a half or two, and they can sit just about anywhere. And so, that's something to consider, and they generally cost less money than an equivalent or equally powered laptop computer. And the cool thing about that is that you can have this really nice-looking little technology computer box on your desk that most people would look at and not even realize it's a computer. You can have that and plug it into one of these large displays and have a keyboard and mouse attached. And usually they have a lot of USB outputs, video outputs, and uh, other expandability that you wouldn't expect. 
And although they're not portable like a laptop computer, they are easily movable. You know, they're light and small, and all you would need to take with you would be a keyboard and a mouse and maybe a tiny display, and you could set that up in your hotel room. These aren't battery-powered mobile devices, but they are portable and relatively easy to move into different places. I mention these tiny micro computers because they often come up in a conversation about what to do when rearranging or redesigning a workspace and whether or not to buy a desktop or laptop or what have you. So I just thought that should be in the mix. I probably could have used a wall mount for my 42-inch display, but I wanted it to be a little more movable and, and easy if I wanted to uh, change its positioning. I didn't want to make any permanent changes to the wall and also wanted to be able to easily lift it up and work with it. I don't know. I just felt like the desk positioning worked well for me. Whatever display you get, you will probably need a relatively long cord or video cable to go from your computer to the display. And particularly if your computer is on the floor or in one of these desks where the wires have to be routed through the back, you may think that a three-foot cord or four-foot cord might be enough, but it's possible that even a six-foot cord would not adequately reach. So consider something like a seven-foot or ten-foot cable to go from your computing device to the display. A retailer like Staples will have a variety of computer displays, but probably not a good selection of TVs or any selection. And you can certainly buy online with Staples and have it delivered or pick it up in the store. But the advantage of going with a local retailer is that it's a little easier to return things. And keep in mind that many retailers will have a 15-day period rather than a 30-day period for returns and you'll want to keep all your packaging material in case something does need to be returned. Um, Best Buy would be another option. They will have quite a few TVs and computer displays in the store that you can look at. And Costco is a good place to look at TVs. Most of these Retailers will have HDMI cables. They may come with your TV, or you might need to purchase them, in which case, um, usually someplace like Costco would have a value pack, like two HDMI cables for a pretty good price and pretty good quality. People would ask me typically, you know, what cable should I get? I don't think it has to be the extremely expensive model. Um, but maybe not the cheapest one either, so something kind of moderate in between. That could cost $20 to $50, but you don't need to buy the ones that cost $100. With my configuration, the setup that I have, 
I use the 42 inch display, but I also have an old HP display that's probably 17 inches or something. It's relatively small. But the reason for that is that in Windows or in Apple, there are special functions or characteristics to the primary display. The primary display may have, uh, for example, in Apple, whichever display is selected as the primary display, it will have the desktop items on it. And as you add more and more desktop items, eventually those will overflow to the secondary display. But if you want to have a clear work area and keep your desktop items off to the side and not in your work area, then having a second display can help in that regard. With Windows, an interesting thing happens. If you have two displays, then some of the functions don't quite work. So what you can do in Windows is click and drag a, a window to the right side or left side or top or bottom of your display to quickly maximize the window. It's the same as the, you know, buttons in the upper right corner where you can maximize or restore or minimize a window. It's that, but you're just clicking and dragging. So there are these gestures in Windows that are helpful. And if you have one display, well, then that works. Um, you can also split the screen to have a window on the left and a window on the right in Windows by doing a click, drag, and stick it to one side or the other. And then you can have two different programs or maybe um, you're organizing files. So you have your source on the left and the target destination on the right. Um, but anyway, when you go to two displays, at least in Windows, you can no longer drag and click a window to the left side of a display if that display is extended because you're, you're not going to click on anything. It's just going to move the window to the display that's to the left. Um, so not a big issue, but they're just, you know, a few quirks to having two displays that are not uh, an issue with a single display. Another potential reason for wanting to have a small display in addition to your big one is if you want to have something full screen over there, like a video, and continue working. The smaller sort of traditional computer display might use less electricity than a large you know, big screen TV would. And so if you're on battery backup and you've had a power failure and you want to keep your battery going longer, you could leave your large display off and use that smaller display. I have occasionally had issues with my computer setup where suddenly I'll wake it up from its sleep mode and it displays on the tiny computer display just fine, but the larger display, the HDMI, says there's no signal. And cables haven't been touched, nothing's been changed, it's just for some reason it forgets that there's a signal. And so what I have to do is restart the computer, and usually that fixes it, but yeah, that can get to be a little perplexing and I for me I don't mind tinkering with it a little bit when that happens 
and it's rare, but for somebody that's not technically inclined, that might be sort of frustrating and disconcerting if they turn on their computer and nothing's coming up on the display and it says no signal. They're going to try to figure out, you know, is the, the TV broken or is the computer broken? Anyway, um, I, I don't know if that would be a regular issue or not with a Windows user. And with Apple, you know, part of this could be that I too, do have two displays hooked up and that maybe the computer, um, in fact, you know, in the display preferences, it says that the TV is not even plugged in. It doesn't even recognize it. It's as if it's not there. And it's plugged directly in with a really nice HDMI cable. The other display I've never had trouble with, it uses an adapter that goes from, uh, I think it's USB-C, yeah, to VGA. And um, that's actually a USB-C hub with a bunch of different adapters on them there. But uh, the, yeah, the old HP display has always worked fine. It's just that sometimes the HDMI connection is not recognized by the computer. Um, but as I say, restarting usually fixes that. Well, that's about all I can think of to share on the topic of computer displays. I hope this has been helpful and certainly feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thanks for taking time to listen. Appreciate all the subscribes and the shares, the likes, the comments, and I look forward to sharing more with you again soon. Take care.